Hello, and welcome to Pursue the Talks, brought to you by Pursue, a bespoke leadership coaching and development company, coaching inspiring leadership across the global education sector. My name is Nicholas Mackay, Associate Professor, Certified Professional Coach and Director of Pursue, and I'll be your host in this fourth series of conversations exploring high performance in education. We'll bring you cutting-edge stories from across the global education sector, delving into the minds of recognised education and industry experts to find out about the challenges and main issues they are facing and to gain insights into what is meant by high performance. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Kim Green, who is currently the head of school at International School Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. As a leader of three programme IB World Schools, Kim is committed to creating strong connections across the learning continuum through impactful leadership, a strong curriculum that leads to mastery and mindful practices that place well-being first. Kim is passionate about building authentic frameworks for professional learning, leadership development and removing linear roles and responsibilities in education. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today from Vietnam. Thank you, Nicholas. It's wonderful to be here. So we had a quick chat before we started recording. So I'll, I'll jump straight in here, as I do with, with all my guests, and ask, what's your definition of high performance? It's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I think you might expect me to say that high performance is related to academic achievement. But for me, I truly believe that high performance is actually based on achievement across multiple domains, which is based on personal passion, talent and skill. And I believe that um, if we have high-performance environments, high-performing schools that enable individuals' passions, talents, and skills to be realised, um, that we also see um, an outcome which is often academic achievement, or it may also be achievement within the music, within the arts, within sports, or within other domains. To me, high-performance means... Um, individuals are flourishing. It means individuals are displaying compassion. It means that individuals are courageous and able to embrace challenges and different opportunities. And that individuals within our communities are able to engage in immersive and sustainable innovation so that they can build and serve the communities that they work in. So it's about personal passion, talents and skills. And us being able to realise the, the full iteration that exists in each individual. So how do you, do you go about understanding everyone's passion? I mean, how, how many students are in your school, Kim? So we currently have 1,400 students um, at Ishmik, um, approximately 650 in our primary school. So that's our two-year-olds through to our grade five with Studio 5 here. And then um, around 700, just over 700 students in our secondary school. So how do you find individual passion, skills and talents? Um, I think we've got to give uh, our, our young people opportunities to be able to um, perform across different domains to demonstrate what they know and understand in different ways. I think we've got to create opportunities for them to jump into. And I think we've got to do a lot of listening. Um, I'll listen to who our young learners are and understand their stories, where they come from, what their cultural identity is, um, their interests, what they bring to the table as learners to start with, and then look at how we can empower them and energise them to explore their own identities, their own self. 
And and in terms of your role, Kim, just take us through a little bit about what that entails on a day-to-day basis or or, or more maybe strategic way and how that aligns to your ideals of high performance. So if we um, link that back to what my role is, I guess my role is to, to build a community that has collective values and a really strong sense of purpose and that embraces the concept that every child is unique and every child has um, the potential to flourish and the potential to achieve beyond any goal that they possibly imagine possible at a point in time. My role is to support the community to build strong connections across the learning continuum, to support my leadership team to be able to ask critical questions, to ensure that we are uncovering individual passion individual strength. Um, It's to lead through a strength-based focus um, to ensure that when we're looking at how we operate as an organization and how we behave as an organization, that we focus on strengths and then we build from those as we move forward. I believe it's looking um, and ensuring that not only are we across our community building a strong curriculum for student mastery um, and for skill development, but we're also building curriculum and programs for mastery in leadership capacity and growth and for mastery in pedagogy. So creating very rich opportunities for every member of the community to be a learner. I know there are multiple, multiple layers of ways that I feel that um, as a community and as a leader of a community, I have a responsibility to ensure that there's agency and that Everybody has ownership of our purpose and our vision, that everybody has voice and choice and the priorities to be able to create that, Um, and that ultimately we can build autonomy within each learner or each individual so that they can um, pursue their own path. And I guess to do that, we have a responsibility as a leadership team to create psychological safety, a place where our community can be courageous, where they can take risks, where they can make mistakes, where they can learn together, um, where they can have that voice, where they can be agile, um, whilst understanding their responsibilities and the accountability that goes with it, and creating a place where conflict and tension is a healthy um, tool and a, and a healthy activity, that where we can have cognitive dissonance and we can engage in great conversations which challenge each other. So in, I mean, that's some, some fantastic stuff there, Kim. So in terms of, you know, let's unpick that a little bit in terms of psychological safety and allowing people to, to have that, as you said, that the conflict, that, that dissonance, what are your non-negotiables within that? Trust, honesty, kindness, positive intentions, Um, working collaboratively and ensuring that we are working to build collective efficacy and working to make each other brilliant. Um, A theory of improv is what um, I guess comes to mind when we put people together with an improvisation that their role is to listen to each other and to be able to respond off how each other um, engages with the ultimate aim of ensuring that improvisation is successful. And to do that, we've got to feed each other and make each other be brilliant at what we do. So I think my greatest 
um, non-negotiable is that we have to be able to work together so that we can be a growing organisation. Each of us can be learners and as an organisation we can learn and grow as well. I like that idea of improvisation, um, Kim. Um, you probably don't know, but my, my background is in music and I wasn't a jazzer. I was a bassoon player. <clears throat> and you do have, get some jazz bassoonists, but not not really. But I used to go, I used to love going to watch some of my, my, my friends, some some colleagues who were all in jazz bands and, and doing improvisation. And the, the 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 links between what they were doing, so, you know, so one person was going off on a tangent and they were responding to that, there's call and response, all these different things. And they're really connected together. So that, that, that does resonate with me, the way that you describe that. And I think that's, that's part of our responsibility to, if we want an environment which fosters high performance and high performing learners and we need to ensure that those connections are there those connections between the learners but also those connections that go back out into our communities now there is a huge amount of expertise that we have in our communities whether that be our alumni we have 26 years of alumni um, in our school community which are doing phenomenal things here in Vietnam and beyond or whether that be out into the industry Um, but how can we make those connections so that we can really leverage those opportunities for our young people and I'm curious, you also mentioned about you know, using strengths and utilising strengths as well throughout your school community. So in terms of, of, of yourself, Kim, what would you say are your particular strengths in your role? It's a good question and inward looking is not something that is ever very, <laughs> is ever very easy. So, um, But I, I feel that some of my greatest strengths are around building relationships and creating connections through listening to what different people's hopes and aspirations are, then being able to, and what individuals identify as their own strength, being able to then connect them into an opportunity or a role or be able to find um, a pathway which can help them realise their passion and to be able to grow within that. I think another strength that I have is that I am quite a blue sky thinker. Um, I enjoy being able to think quite creatively around how we can build capacity within our community, teachers, students, and parents. Um, But yet I'm also able to take those blue sky aspirations and creativity and turn it into quite relatable objectives, um, which we can then measure as a community so that we can celebrate as a community. So strengths, um, as a bit of a systems thinker, um, I like being able to look at things as... um, Uh, where they can be synergetic and when we can look at things with a network-focused mindset. So we can look at how ideas are networked. We can look at how roles and responsibilities are networked. We can look at how those different connections can create a synergy to to bring about something which we wouldn't realise if they weren't connected. And then I think my other strength is I have a focus on continuous improvement. Um, So sometimes I can possibly be my hardest critic and the hardest critic on my own school community because whilst we grow and we improve and we're offering um, more of a service to our young people and enabling them to flourish I would always say what else can we do where else can we go how how else can we strengthen this and improve this so that we can strengthen and improve our culture and our traditions whilst I think making sure that we've got those grounded in in the roots of who we are and the roots of our school values. So just following off on that then, Kim, in terms of the biggest challenges in your role, just tell us a little bit about some of those. 
I think the biggest challenge when you work in a very or in a large school community which is very diverse is actually the diversity of values that come together and the diversity of thoughts and the diversity of perspectives. But I also think that that's the richest um, resource that we have as a community. Well, in our particular school community, we have 56 different nationalities on faculty. We have over 60 nationalities within our school community. You can imagine that everybody comes with their own backgrounds and their own identities and their own stories and their own values. And I think the greatest challenge in a community is bringing everybody together around a centralised set of values that we can all share and we can all agree on, but also then still respecting um, the differences that we have and the different ways that we will receive or deliver um, different information or what our expectations are of that le of the learning environment as well. So it's I think it's the greatest challenge but I think it's also our greatest, our richest resource. Um, and if we can leverage that diversity of perspectives and we can leverage the that in a, a psychologically safe environment where people are open to share their thinking and open to have a constructive voice um, and where we are solution focused, then um, we just go from strength to strength. And you mentioned in well, I mentioned in the uh, in, in the little bio before about this idea of removing linear roles in education. Mm. So, I suppose what does that look like for for you, Kim? So, for me, linear roles are roles which um, fit within steep hierarchies um, and sit within more traditional frameworks. I think um, schools and education is. Um, very heavily bound by traditional frameworks and I um, am not sure why we don't break away from those or, or shift those around more than what we do. I think um, uh, some frameworks that have existed for a very long period of time can often be quite different or difficult for um, us to be able to understand how they they can operate in a um, in a different way. For me, if I was to take away the more steep hierarchical traditional framework of leadership and governance within education, um, I would be looking to do that by building a much more networked and synergetic model where many more members of the school community have a voice within decision-making and are involved in authentic conversations. So looking at how we can have strate um, strategic hubs and strategic leaders um, that can can connect to strategic domains that we uh, have defined as being important and then how their leadership can ripple out across other um, and within other groups and we can ripple further ripple um, conversations and understandings. I guess very simply that's the, the non-linear I think um, there is another piece that we often will do in schools and, and we often create divisions and sections. And I think that the continuum is so important for us to be able to embrace. And we need to be learning from our educators and our families and our students that sit right across that continuum of learning from our two-year-olds all the way through to our 18-year-olds. And we need to look for those authentic opportunities to connect and engage and energise each other and empower each other. Um, students teaching students, teachers teaching teachers, parents teaching parents, te parents teaching teachers. You know, there are so many rich opportunities where we can deconstruct the the norms that we assume must fit within a, a school environment. 
I suppose with all that, um, that dialogue, that rich dialogue that you're talking about, Kim, what are the implications then for things like performance management, performance development cycles and, and these more formalized mechanisms? I mean, how do you kind of navigate that? It's interesting that you bring that up because it's, it's been somewhat of an ongoing tension. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, well, for the, probably the last number of years, because I think that what we often do within our school environments is we bring two theories together and we try to create one framework or one process. So we bring a performance improvement theory and we connect it to a, a growth theory and we try to put those two pieces together and they push and they create tensions against each other. I think in an ideal world, those two sit, should sit separately, that, that, imp- um, that challenge around performance improvement, we should be able to look at that as a separate or a process which we can manage in a, and lead in a, in a different way and we should have the growth process strongly grounded within the hands of the learners. In this particular context, we're working with our professional growth process, which has an evaluative element to it, but we're actually placing that evaluative element into the hands of um, the individual who's going through the growth journey. Um, And by doing that, what we've done is we've created within our environment bubbles, conversation bubbles, where people can have courageous conversations with critical friends that they trust, where they can go through their own process of evaluation. And then what we're doing from a leadership perspective is just standardizing and moderating to ensure that the conversations that have been had are authentic, rich, and meaningful conversations, and that the outcome from them is reflective of the conversation. It's always that, 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 that uh, again, that dissonance isn't it about performance and about you know aligning the organization's goals or the school's goals with that of the personal goals and i suppose and and again getting all all this this dialogue and this this feedback and and maybe having too many voices at times but actually look look, looking through that and then picking actually what's important how you can support people throughout the process so at what point do you does it get confusing to have all this input kim Or, or does it get confusing to have all this input I don't think it is confusing. I think the input is really important. Um, And I think it's really important that when we're working within a particular area of craft that we are contributing to our own growth and that that is having an impact on um, the reason why we do what we do. So for me, in education, whether we're a leader or we're a teacher, the reason we are here is for our students. And the reason we are here is so that they can become the best they possibly can be so that they can um, realize their passions, their talents, and their skills. Um, And if that's the purpose, then our responsibility is to refine our craft and to improve our craft so that we can improve the impact that we have on those student learning outcomes. And that is something that we need to be able to do individually within an ecosystem, but it's also something that the ecosystem needs to be able to do as well. And I think it's an iterative um, cycle. It's we need to have those school aspirations and that blue sky and we need to have our vision that we're striving for, but that has to interplay back into ensuring that each individual that's contributing to that ecosystem is also empowered to grow and to improve their craft um, so that they can feed into that, feed in and feed out of that ultimate um, growth journey. And and in terms of, you know, your ideals and your values, Kim, where do they originate? 
They originate from um, very small communities in New Zealand where I grew up living within nature in the weekends. And, um, <laughs> uh, they originate from two parents who are very community orientated, um, from a father who was a servant leader himself and very humble and uh, gave himself to his um, organization to help others improve and grow. Um, we are, and it's from experience. It's from uh, testing and trying and, and working with people and, and looking and understanding um, what it is that enables us to flourish as humans. And I think that, you know, all we want, each and all each human wants, myself included, you as well, is to be happy and to feel that what we're doing on a daily basis is making a difference. And I feel that we have a responsibility to be able to set up those environments so people that are within our community have that opportunity to feel that they are making a significant difference for them to their community, to other individuals. I think that the core value of service that very much comes from uh, a young girl who was brought up in very small towns in New Zealand and parents who were very committed to community and to serving the community. And in terms of going back to that person who was brought up in New Zealand, what piece of advice would you give yourself at the start of that career journey? I would say the same thing that I say to the students and, and the, the educators <laughs> I work with now, which is anything is possible. Um, that the barriers to our own growth are 99.9% .9 based in our own perception um, rather than based in reality. And we need to look for opportunities and we need to take them when they're presented, even if they're not part of our life plan. Um, sometimes if it's not part of your life plan, then um, it, maybe it was just meant to be. And then I would also say to my young self, just read, read, read and listen. Um, you know, make sure that you um, continue to grow and develop your own understandings and knowledge. Don't be afraid to try um, to try different strategies and engage in different conversations with people to test ideas. Um, and I would also say to my young self, um, always have an idea, never own the idea. Having an idea and throwing it on the table um, enables you to engage in a very critical conversation. If you feel like you own it, you become defensive with it um, and you can't take that idea to where it really needs to go. So have the ideas, blue sky think, be creative. Um, but when you get it to the table, don't hold on to it and own it. And that, that really speaks to that, that servant leadership again, doesn't it? About you know, not being defensive and facilitating that, that, that process. Again, I'm curious, how do you keep yourself as I said, fresh, Kim, and, and develop yourself? You know, th you know, you're, you're now head of school. You know, we were speaking before, you, you've worked across the world, Bangladesh, Laos, Middle East. So how do, you, how do you keep yourself developing? I see myself as a lifelong learner. So as I'm sitting here um, talking to you, I have a stack of books sitting on my, my desk. Um, so <laughs> what, what are you reading, what, Kim? What's, what's the latest one? Well, actually, the latest one is Understanding Vietnam. Being only eight weeks into <laughs> Vietnam, um, I feel that I have a responsibility to um, start to decode and understand um, a little bit of the context that I'm in. Um, and another book that's sitting right in front of me at the moment is Leadership. And another one is Educating for the 21st Century, um, Conrad Hughes. 
And um, ironically, another one that's sitting there is Discipline and Punish, which is a, um, a book which is about the origins of um, our prison systems and the impact that our prison systems have on um, psychology and development and well-being. Um, so, yeah. So reading is one of, um, one of my ways that I keep myself fresh. I also um, engage in a lot of professional learning opportunities. Um, I am still connected or am connected um, very much with the IB community and I'm an active IB educator. I'm in the early phases of exploring or beginning, exploring, but beginning my PhD myself, um, which is focused on organisational behaviour and very much starting to look at these ideas around synergetic network leadership and how we can deconstruct linear roles in schools. Um, and within education, it's been done in the corporate world, it's done in Google, it's done in 3M. You know, the question is why why can that not be translated or why has it not transferred into the education, education sphere? Um, engaging with my team, engaging with the people that I work with and learning from them. Um, I learn every day when I go to work from the incredible team that I work with, but also from the incredible parent community that we have and from our student body. So just keeping myself very open, um, not being fixed in any um, particular track um, and not believing that everything that I think or I know is correct because it's not, it's a, a, a slice of perception. Well, th thank you so much for, for sharing, um, you know, your, your opinions and your philosophy today, Kim. It really does sound like you, like you have a philosophy around the way that you operate. So thank you so much for, for doing that. Wish you the very best in Vietnam. You should say you've been there eight weeks now, so it's, it's still in the, in the infancy um, and there's lots going on, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so thank you for taking the, the time out to, to join us and, and to give some pearls of wisdom to our listeners around the world. Well, Nicholas, thank you so much for having me today. It's been a real pleasure connecting with you and being able to share a few ideas. That's great. Thanks, Kim. If you're interested in working with Pursue through our coaching and leadership development packages or would like to discuss any of the topics on the show, please send me an email at hello at pursue.com or visit our website, pursue.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Nicholas Mackay or Pursue. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and spread the word. We are proud to be developing a truly global community. Take care and look forward to speaking to you again soon.